I am Captain Matthew Gillespie of the Philadelphia Police Department's 18th District, and this is Aftermath Philadelphia. In this podcast, we host critical conversations with those involved in reducing the epidemic of gun violence in the city of Philadelphia. This podcast features candid episodes that highlight different thoughts and perspectives while offering different strategies to lower the violence. I'm really excited in this episode to have Parks and Recreation Leader Quan King, a leader at the Christie Rec Center in West Philadelphia, where we discuss his path to becoming a Recreation Center leader and also a role model for those in West Philadelphia. We dive into the role of rec centers in the communities, especially ones plagued with, by poverty and gun violence. And we further discuss anti-violence programs at the Christie Rec Center that are in partnership with the 18th District and the community. We go on to discuss what it's like to be on the front lines in today's climate in West Philadelphia and how Quan, the community members, and officers are committed to making a change in their neighborhood. The views or thoughts in this podcast made by the guests or the host do not necessarily reflect the city of Philadelphia or the Philadelphia Police Department. All right, everyone, welcome back to Aftermath Philadelphia. This one is a special episode because I get to get out of my office. Usually my office is my studio. Um, we are at the Christie Rec Center with Assistant Rec Center, correct? Am I, am I right in saying that? Um, you just Rec Center, I mean, Rec Leader. Rec Leader, Quan uh, King. Quan, thank you for having me at your Rec Center. No problem, glad you have me. Uh, Christie Rec Center, for those that don't know, is uh, one of the major rec centers here, uh, not just in the 18th, but in West Philadelphia. It has had some issues in the past, mm-hmm. but um, there's a lot of good that has come out. I want to get right into it. Quan, again, thank you for having me. No problem. Um, you know, let's just start it. What led you to this path to be a rec center leader? And when I say that, not just, you know, a, a true leader in the community, because this is what young people need. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, for me, it was, um, you know, at a young age, I knew I wanted to do something related to architecture, and that led me to... Uh, Philadelphia University, which is now Jefferson. Okay. Um, and I'm sitting in one of my courses, you know, just realizing as I'm as I'm failing miserably at an architectural history course that I don't really want to just do this, mm-hmm. um, this architecture thing. And it got me thinking about what I'm really passionate about. And uh, mentoring came in into focus. Sports and athletics came into focus. Um, and then the architecture was kind of there. So it put me on this path of maybe one day having my own like community recreation center and I could you know infuse mentoring into that and really do some positive uh, stuff in the community and maybe even go back home to Detroit where I'm originally from okay and be able to do that there um, so then I started on a different path and that led me into um, you know working a lot with you know athletic administrations at universities I worked mm-hmm. at Temple I worked okay. at Georgia Court University and uh, eventually I found my way into parks and recreation um, and I've, I've been on this path now and uh, it's, it's been it's been a wild ride, but it's been good. It's been very positive. You know, one of the best things I like, or I enjoy, or I, or I value the most about the 18th district is coming across people that are committed to making a change. And while we haven't known each other a long time, mm-hmm. I really feel like you're you're in that category. You, I can that. I can tell honestly. I can tell that you care. You want to get things done because it's about. Um, and let's just keep it real. I mean, honestly, it's about keeping not just you know young people, but a. a people alive and that's yeah. really what we're focusing on as much as we can as possible um 
you know, you're a Philadelphian now, even though you're from Detroit. I so, yeah. you know, I, I give you credit for being out here with us. Um, you know, for those that don't know or, or, you know, if growing up in Philly, you know, I, I went to the rec centers. I played at the recs. You know, I knew there was like just somebody that worked there and turned on the lights. But like, mm-hmm. tell us the nitty gritty. Like, what's the good thing? What is a rec leader? What's frustrating about it? And I can just say, listen, working in city government is my 19th year. Mm-hmm bureaucracy is tough to fight through yeah yeah absolutely um i would say that one of the best things is you are kind of at the front lines of the community um you're seeing individuals every day um if you want to do something where you feel like you make a difference showing up at a facility where people voluntarily come to not mandated not you know they're court appointed not anything else like it's not work for them like they want to be there i mean that's there's no um I don't know if there's a, a place other than like a grocery store mm. where it's more connected to the community. Um, and by design, we get a lot of kids. So we get a lot of youth. We get a lot of people that are still developing and trying to figure things out. Um, and then we get some some older individuals as well who have more free time that you know can be more invested in their community. Um, so that's, that's definitely the good, just being on that ground level and, and seeing the kind of change and impact that you can have and being able to really immerse yourself in a community. You know, one of the things that, and not one of the things, but it, it is an issue. I mean, it just needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. If you don't necessarily live in, and it doesn't have to be Philadelphia, but you don't necessarily live in a community that has some of the struggles that the 18th district does. Right. You may not understand, like, some of the kids that we deal with, when I say deal with, you know, we interact with mm-hmm. as police. And, and I don't mean just arrest, you know, arresting, um, but everyday interactions and certainly kids that you... Um, interact with at the rec center like you know might be single parent homes absolutely i i know a few kids that don't have any parents you know homeless there's a food issue with some of these kids Mm -hmm. um mental health is very is talked about a lot but there's mental health issues absolutely the rec center is almost like that safe place or should be that safe place for kids don't you agree it should be absolutely um and and a lot of times it is i mean i'm i'm usually at um cobbs creek recreation center and one of the first things I noticed when I got there was there was no place for people who came into the rec center mm-hmm. to even like sit down. Yeah. So I brought in some couches. I made like a little lounge area. I brought a TV in there. So now it's a place where kids can come in and just socialize. They can sit on a couch, watch a movie, watch the game, have conversations, do homework, eat, but just kind of relax and, and feel as though they're they have a place that they belong. Um, but that's that's important to the community, and and it's unfortunate when when violence happens at those places. Um, you know, there was a time not even you know too long ago where these places were like hollow ground, and they yeah. were they were sacred. No one, you know, people didn't bring the nutty dumb shit to the rec centers, um, and they they even knew like, all right, if, if I'm part of that life, like I'm gonna leave that outside. I'm just gonna come in here and hoop. Or I'm gonna come in here and do whatever. But now it's like you know people. I don't, I don't know what it is. People just don't don't give a shit as much anymore. I mean, listen, I can't tell you how many times in the recent weeks or months, and it's not a secret, you know, it's not like we're letting something out that the public should know about, mm-hmm. is a fight at the basketball court over, yeah. the, over the game. Right. And it ends up in a shooting later on that night. Mm-hmm. There's an Instagram beef earlier in the day, and then it comes at the rec center, the shooting happens. Right. And it's just, it, it really is unacceptable to me, mm-hmm. um, but it, it, it is happening, and I know there's people, at least, you know, I definitely interact with that are like, well, I can't understand why this happens. Well, 
I don't necessarily understand it, but we have to work to stop it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I think that some of the things that you and I have spoken about and are doing in the neighborhood are really going that way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what what are some things before we get into that that yeah. the rec center rec centers from your experience um, could benefit with having or getting that would help assist kind of lowering the violence? If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've had this kind of conversation with some of my higher ups. Um, we historically have done a disservice to certain. Um, groups in our communities, right? So we, we focus a lot of our attention um, on the age population between like five and 12 years old. Yeah. And if you're involved in a sport, then that might go up until like through high school. After that, if you're not working with Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. we really don't target a lot of our program for you. Um, unless it's like later in the evening where you might have, you know, a yoga class or something like that where somebody can come in and maybe make a few bucks teaching something. Um but our, our mentality, and this isn't like to be like super explicit, but it's yeah. been like, you know, after 12, like if you're not working, like, see you later. Like, fuck out of here, like, find yeah. like, get a job, do something else, like, be part of the community in a different capacity. But to have that cold cutoff has shown itself to, to be a disservice because we don't have that same connection to what's going on. There's, so there is a disconnect. And so, um, the one of the things that we have as a, as a vehicle, as a tool in our tool bag is programming. So one of the things that I want to put together for Christy, which is like a double-edged sword, is I want to do a men's league for ages 20 to 40. I want to run it Friday nights, 8 to 10. Then I want to do a youth tournament, high school tournament, during the day on Saturdays. And then I want to have, and all this is together, then yeah. I want to have um, a big day where both everybody that's participating in these, this league and this tournament come together, do community service yep. in the Christy neighborhood area. Uh, we do a nice little block party with it, but in order to participate in your playoffs, you got to do the community service. You got to be visible. You got to be present in your community. Um, and then we do a championship, and then uh, we have a whole like celebration of like people that graduated and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, and then we do a charity game between the winners of the tournament and the winners of the basketball league. So you got you know the young bucks and the old heads playing against each other, and we make that a fundraiser and let that go towards a scholarship. Um, for somebody at one of the local high schools, be it Sayre, be it um, West Philly, West West uh, West Cap, like Boys Latin, whatever, like try to pull some money together. Let's make it an annual event, um, and let's move towards like making a positive impact. And you know, these guys that are between the ages of twenty and forty, like not all these guys are bad. Yeah. Some of these guys really truly feel like they don't have any alternative. They're looking at the world as they see it, and they don't know up from down. They don't know mm-hmm. anything. They they've grown up in poverty for some of them. They don't see a future. You know, some of them have probably been kicked out of school. So yeah. they don't see that as an option. They're not going to college. They know damn well they're not going to play basketball or football. Mm-hmm. So what else is there left for me to do, especially when everybody around me is clowning me, telling me I ain't shit and I ain't going to be shit? Well, now I feel like I got to take that out, so, you know, yeah. in some capacity. And, you know, for some people, it's like, this is how I get my power. Mm-hmm. I'm going to flex on other people that, that I feel like, you know, can't defend themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's fucked up. So you got a lot of old heads shooting kids. You got the guy in Southwest that was like 45 that shot a 16-year-old at yeah. like 4 in the morning because yeah. he was, supposedly he said something to him. Like, I, that's wild. What I like about your thinking is like, it's similar to how I think. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And 
It's not a knock. It's really not. It's not a knock on any of the agencies of the city, but like we've done certain things a certain way for so long, right? right? So I, I played in Parks and Rec's programs, and you're mm-hmm. right. Like when you age out at 12 or 13, it's like that's it, yeah. right? The police department, you know, we 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 we're always looking to improve. We are. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's certain things that I'm like, why do we keep doing this? And the answer is like, oh, well, we always did it that way, right? right? So, you know, the men's league that you talk about, mm-hmm. right? Have a men's league at a rec center for the guys. There's a lot of concentration on the younger kids, yeah. as naturally there should be. Right. But you're right. We're missing out on a whole other group of individuals that have some needs as well. Yeah. Um, but then bring it all together with... You know, community activities, community fundraisers, and have everybody feel like they're a part of it. Yeah. And what was jumping off in my mind was that's fresh thinking, mm-hmm. right? That's fresh thinking. Like, I, I don't know, and maybe there is. I don't know of another rec center in the city that does something like that. Not, not that big. And, and in the 18th, like, we try to do different things and have over the years that's a little bit different mm-hmm. in terms of outreach and even deployment and, and things for our officers because, like, what was going on in like 1987 and yeah. 1999 and 2010, it's not working anymore. Right. You know, and with me, I think 75% of the cops in the 18th district have under five years on. So they're right. younger officers, yeah. right? So yeah. we're trying to keep them motivated, concentrated on the job, and engage with the community in a way that fits kind of their age range, right? So we yeah. use Instagram and social media things. Right, right, right. And, you know, just with the Christie Rec, like, you know, I know we're supposed to have officers out here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we do, you know, and you see them. I yeah. just walk past two of them. But on Fridays when we have this program that we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. I would rather have the cops. And I would, and I don't know if this is allowed or not, but we do it anyway. <laughs> I would rather have the cops take their uniform off, put on a coach's shirt, get out and do basketball and skills and drills and football stuff with the kids. Absolutely. And sit in a police car with the windows rolled up playing on their iPhone while the kids are on the other side of the building. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think that's just a better way to go. Yeah, and I think there's there's something to be said about how we identify with each other. You know, if if, if you can take your uniform off and just, I can see you as a person, mm-hmm. I stop thinking about you as a cop. I mean, I think it was last week when, you know, some of the, some of the cops came out and it was like a four-on-four, the cops versus the kids. Like, like, that was fun to watch, but at the same time, it's like, they're still seeing like police officers playing basketball and that's cool and I know like when you're competitive you can kind of look past all that and be like I'm just about to bust your ass I don't care what you're wearing <laughs> um, but the the more important thing is being able for, for both of those sides these youth and you know police officers to see like see me like, yeah. so, any, so if you see me later in the community you say oh like you're the young boy that got the good jumper or like you know you're the dude that bust my ass or whatever um, as opposed to seeing like this uh, possible suspect or a perpetrator, this is somebody I might be going to go do something. Like you say, like no, I saw this kid at the rec center, or I saw this police officer he's playing ball with me. Like he's not trying to, you know, you know, fuck everybody up or anything like that. One of the things, you know, going back before COVID, when we were in Sayre and doing like mentorship programs in Sayre, one of my goals was for the the younger officers, the newest mm-hmm. officers, right, to understand that not everybody standing on the corner is doing committing a crime right you know what I mean like sometimes you have no other place to go right yeah. like you can't hang out in your house right because your mom put does, your does, doesn't want you to right the rec center's closed right. right you can't hang out in a store nope. so you go to the corner to talk to your friends like anybody in any neighborhood would you know or 15, 16, 17 year old wants to talk to their friends yeah 
just these kids happen to stand at 60th and Spruce, right? right? Mm-hmm. So I want those officers to know, like, you drive by, like, oh, that's not, they're not dealing drugs that's or like doing all kinds deal, of crazy right. shit. Yeah. That's the kid from Sarah that I was talking to that's really into mathematics and wants to be an engineer. Yeah. And that actually was a real conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and vice versa. Like, I wanted the kids to know, yo, listen, when we get out, to talk to you and say, yo, the corner's hot tonight. It's not, we're not accusing you guys of something. We mm-hmm. just might know something that you guys don't know yet. Yeah. And we don't want you to get hurt. Right. And that's really where a lot of these, like, engagement things come from. That's that's my mindset, at least. Now, mm-hmm. let me be honest. Like, yeah. not every cop, no matter what we do, no matter how many engagement things we have, there's just going to be some police officers that aren't going to get on board. I know. And there's going to be a few, you know... Kids and teenagers that that aren't going to see it, no matter right. what, they say, "Listen, I'm not down with any of these cops. It just is what it is." Right. Yeah. You know. But I think the rec center is such an important place for that to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think a lot of times, some people might overlook the importance of of rec centers. And if nothing else, during this pandemic, I think this department has done a good job of really highlighting what rec centers can mean to communities. I mean, we rec centers have been food distribution sites. They've been COVID testing and vaccination sites. They've been schools for some people. They've been, you know, shelters for some people. So, I mean, the the what we're often asked to do is way more than just run a basketball league, run a baseball league, or you know, provide daycare and that kind of stuff. Like we're we're oftentimes asked to be like a community resource center, and I think that's going to be even more so the case moving forward in the future. Um, but for right now, at least at Christie, at Cobb, and a lot of these West Philly places, we're also being tasked with, you know, figuring out how we can program to counteract, you know, what we see and what we hear about going on in the streets. You know, I, when you were just saying that, I was thinking, like, how similar that is to us police, mm-hmm. right? We're asked to do so much that isn't conventionally policing. Right. And I think as the country reimages policing, you know, those questions are being asked and going to take a long process and you know yeah. do police go to mental health calls mm-hmm. and, the, and the infrastructure in philadelphia isn't set up yet there, there's some mm-hmm. pilot programs going on yeah but you know that really gets to like the creativity and the dedication of people like yourself right mm-hmm. you know it's like well here's the keys and the lights are over there and this is the basketball stuff but then when you turn on the lights and open the doors all these other issues come to your door absolutely and you know like do you just figure it out? Like, because on, on the policing side, mm-hmm. when we have a lot of issues that aren't traditional policing issues, mm-hmm. we just figure it out. Yeah. And sometimes we don't. Like, I have to just be honest. Yeah. And that's that's my question to you. Like, when it's food issues and COVID stuff, like, how many of these issues over the last year did you just kind of, like, figure out and get it done? <laughs> Bro, I, I, I can't tell you. and I, I can't speak for other people, but I know for a fact that I would say the majority of rec centers, mm-hmm. leaders at rec centers, spend money out of their pockets yeah. on individuals, on people, on groups, on events. We had a young lady come in who was like the on again, off again, you know, girlfriend of the kid daddy that, that lost his life. She came in and was like, I need help. We're not, we don't have anything yeah. to, to do that, but best believe we bust our ass and we got online and we found some some stuff and we were able to give her some information to help but we're going to have more and more of that we're going to have people that come in and say you know I lost my grandma to COVID or you know I, I don't want to wear a mask or 
you know, I haven't had, you know, uh, my mom lost her job and, you know, we haven't had steady income or we got kicked out of our house. I mean, we we currently deal with stuff like that, but we also are going to deal with more of that as we continue to reopen. And a big concern that we have as as a staff is that we've been working through this entire pandemic and hell, some of us are scared to open our doors again because we know the communities we live in. We know people. We've seen people out having parties, you know, Mm -hmm. COVID parties and all sorts of shit. So it's like, how do we protect ourselves? Not necessarily from our community, but at the same time from our community where, you know, we it's one or two of us at a site at a time. How do we manage 40 people in a gym now? Yeah. Nobody's wearing a mask. Like, you know, and and these places are already not (laughs) poor ventilation, you know, and all sorts of issues because most of these were built in like the 50s. And earlier, some maybe as recent as the 80s, but they're not equipped for this pandemic, you know, shift in things. So I think that um, with the pandemic, you know, as tragic as it is and as like ill prepared as like every field, mm-hmm. you know, employment field was the world, you know, the world <laughs> was. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole we could do a whole episode on that. That would be ours. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just creative people like yourself. You know, I have to give the 18 district officers credit, like the creative officers and how they responded to calls. Like mm-hmm. I started noticing officers um, when they would go to calls instead of going into somebody's house on their own, because I would mm-hmm. watch the body worn camera yeah. footage. The cops would say, hey, listen, I'm just going to stay outside if you're comfortable with that mm-hmm. because of the COVID issues. Yeah. And there wasn't a policy that came down and the cops weren't trying to be ignorant. And they like they just explained it to, to people. Yeah. And the, the reception of that was like. You know, it's a small thing, but the mm-hmm. reception was like a lot of people were like, well, I appreciate the officers being cognizant because essentially I'm inviting a stranger into my house. Right. And, and it's just something that we have to be, you know, cognizant of, you know, but in our last couple of minutes, I, I do want to hit on what goes on here now. Friday nights mm-hmm. that you guys have been a big part of. You touched on it earlier. It was in March that uh, Kyrie Simmons, 16 year old, was shot and killed yeah. here. Um you know, I, I happened to see the video. It essentially, it was a drive-by shooting, and he was just playing basketball. It had nothing to do with anything. Right. And like you said earlier, the rec center should be, you know, sacred and are sacred spots. Some individuals just don't believe that, it seems, anymore. You know, prior to this, you know, we were in the works with the Parks and Rec and some of the elected officials after his death. It mm-hmm. really kicked off. Yeah. Um, but Friday is like from 5 to 7 p.m. at Christie Rec. It's that synergy we talked about, right? Yep. The, the police are involved. We help kind of facilitate it. But what I what I am so impressed about is, you know, last week I, I counted 103 kids. Now, mm-hmm. I might have counted a few twice here and there, but it was 103. The week before, we had about 63, and then it was 42 the week before that. Um, the community members, men and women, that have stepped up to come. Mm-hmm. It's a two-part thing, basketball and football. Mm-hmm. Um you know, just talk a little bit about that, like what that means to the rec center, your involvement with it, because it wouldn't have happened without you guys. Mm-hmm. And I do. I want to say I appreciate, you know, because not every rec center is open to something like this. Right, right, right. And just getting that done, the logistics involved in something like that. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. I mean, it's unfortunate that it takes, you know, something tragic to happen. But, you know, once that spotlight was kind of shown here at Christie, um, it did give us the opportunity to to have this partnership, to have this synergy um, and, and what we do essentially is, you know, we we work together to provide this programming outlet 
for you know a lot of the youth in the community uh, through football, through basketball, and, and what we're seeing is you know an influx of other community partners and interested people that are participating in it as well and and latching on to it and providing you know their themselves to to be present to help to assist um but to also be involved in their community and especially at a time when you know everyone's been kind of shuttered indoors now everybody's coming out you know what what could be better than coming out and really trying to bolster up and support you know the youth um in your local community so you know we've seen a lot of that and that's been beautiful that's been great to watch you know different groups of people coming from all over and really kind of descend on the Christie for the benefit of the youth in the community and a lot of the kids are coming out and participating they're having fun I was playing football with a little kid Braylon couldn't been any older than like six or seven yeah. had no idea where his parents were or older brother but he was out there having a good time yeah. and and he was safe this entire time um, and that's that's what it's about being able to to do these kind of things and be present and be available and and to be honest with you, every Friday night at Rec Center should look just like that. You know, when I first got to the 18th District almost three years ago now, we're trying to figure out, like, how to do the community stuff. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the best ideas come from the people in the neighborhood, yep. returning citizens, the police, those that are on the ground level, right? Absolutely. And the number one thing I heard is, like, you know, a basketball game is nice, mm-hmm. but don't even bother with it if you're not going to do it on a consistent basis. Right. You know, oh, let's have a sure. basketball game. Yeah. And then we don't do shit for the next 11 months. Right. And I'm just proud of, like, the cops for being involved, you know, the elected officials, um, but mostly, like, your commitment to, like, allowing it to happen and making it happen through um, the community. And it shows, like, the amount of people that come and the amount of volunteers that come. Mm-hmm. It shows that people care. I really do believe this. Yeah. Three or four people don't dictate how a whole neighborhood lives. Not at all. Three or four shooters don't dictate how an entire neighborhood of several hundred or thousand people get to right. live. Yep. And I think on Friday nights, not only does that six, seven, eight-year-old get a safe place, mm-hmm. but that shows you know, West Philly is not shootings every single night and, and lawlessness. It's people right. that care, just like in the suburbs, yep. just like in other parts of the city. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and those acts of violence, thats they're the rarity. They're the ones that are out on the fringe of the community. That's not the community itself. And um, and definitely, you know, no man is an island. So it's just definitely not just me. You know, yeah. shout out to my, you know, my other my other colleagues and my, my brothers in arms, if you will. You know, I got uh, Janto, Akeem, Jerry. Um, you know, the advisory council here, Christy Rex, mm-hmm. has been very helpful. Um, and you know, the other individuals that are you know rec center adjacent family yeah. that we have um, that come out. Um, and support. Um, you know, we have a, a very good ongoing relationship with Boys Latin, so there's mm-hmm. a strong connection there. And then we just have a, a strong connection to the community here at Christie. And that's what it's about. I, I don't want to forget Kathy Ott, the Parks Direct Commissioner. Mm-hmm. I mean, I call her, she answers on the first ring, mm-hmm. like legitimately. You know, she just, excuse me, she gets it done. Um, you know, but listen, as we're wrapping up, I just want to say, I really do. I see a lot of positive things happening mm-hmm. and when it comes to gun violence I say all the time as, as many do but some don't listen mm-hmm. you can't just arrest everybody and think that that's going to lower the violence you know yeah. th- there is that there is that component mm-hmm. but we have to prevent it de-escalate it moderate issues mm-hmm. right yep. give kids a safe place to be and um, 
you know, you guys do that here at Christy Rack. I really, as the captain of the district, it makes my job, not only, like, does it bring me enjoyment to see it, mm-hmm. but it makes my job a little bit easier when dealing with the gun violence issues that we have. Absolutely. And and if, you know, anything that we can do to, to lower the temperature on our end, that also makes it a safer work environment for us because, hell, we don't. We don't have metal detectors in here. Yeah. These these buildings aren't necessarily bulletproof, so there's nothing preventing us from walking out of these buildings and getting shot ourselves, you yeah. know, coming to or from work. So, you know, we take that risk every day coming in. And not to say that we deserve any sort of honor for that. No, but, man, you know, it's part of the front lines. Yeah, I mean, but we think about that coming in. It's like, damn, like, I could leave my house and get shot by a straight bullet over some dumb shit happening in the corner. And, you know, I, I don't go back home to my family through no, you know, fault of my own. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to do something positive and, you know, some shit goes sideways I have nothing to do with. Um, but, you know, we're out here, you know, still trying to, you know, do the best and provide the community, provide for the community the best way we know how. Wow. For our listeners, Christy Rec, 5600 Christian Street in the 18th District, West Philly. Come see Rec Leader Quan King and the staff out here. They do an amazing job. And uh, in a couple hours, we'll be out on the football field, hopefully. There it is. All right, Quan, thank you, man. No problem. Thanks for having me.